This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, well-designed, convenient electric toothbrushes sent to your home with brush head refill plans every three months. Mm. Yeah. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get $10 off your first brush head refill. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what day is it actually? May 4th. May 4th. <gasps> God, we got a 420 on a May 4th. What garbage. It's May the 4th, 2017. And this is Important If True. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. I, from the Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. What am I saying? I, from Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Welcome to the thrilling conclusion of Important If True's two-parter spectacular. Is it is it spectacular? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Unsubscribe. Uh. <laughs> yep, we're rolling right on from recording last week's episode. Still here in the studio, keeping that energy going, keeping that Nick Brecken sickness going. Oh yeah, still just as oh, sick yeah. as he was five minutes ago. Oh, maybe man. sicker. Oh, oh a little bit. sicker. Oh yeah. We're just going to keep sticking around until Nick Brecken is just as sick as a dog. <laughs> I might be dead. Can you be sick as a dog? Yeah. Is that a phrase? It's a phrase. I've lost my ability to like I don't determine know why. whether as a dog is a phrase because apparently Trump describes everything as being like a dog. Mm. He just appends that to like lots of things. Well, they're all like dogs. <laughs> yeah. So now I don't even know how... Like if if that's a thing anymore, but anyway, Nick Brecken's just coughing and sick. I think we can that yeah. that's pretty certain. Yes. So I'm sorry, Nick. It's all right. I'm sorry that you're coughing and sick. It's fine. We last left off talking about cribbing yes. from and being influenced by things in your childhood that maybe you ripped off, maybe you didn't know you were ripping off, maybe yeah. you were absolutely aware that you were pulling a fast one, mm-hmm. but um, something happens that causes you to create and bring new works into the world that might just be your Banjo-Kazooie fan fiction. Yeah. Yes. Previously on Important If True. Yeah, I was I was basically just full of shit in, uh, <laughs> in elementary school. As were we all. Yeah. Nick, I, I believe you also had something for... <clears throat> oh yeah, I was completely full of shit. Uh, but I, we probably don't have time on this episode, but maybe next episode. All right, next can, episode. Evidence of Nick's shit. Yeah. Nick Brecken, yeah. also well documented. elementary school huckster. And now, the conclusion. Uh, because of Nick's condition, he didn't feel up to reading this himself. No. So he didn't he I, should, I should set this up a little bit, though. Oh, yeah. my God. I just saw the first picture <laughs> of this, and it's Already incredible. So <clears throat> I haven't seen it. So I don't I'll, know I'll it list two facts before this starts. All right. This uh, is from fact, your elementary school career. Yes. yes. Yeah. Fact one: uh, In third grade, I think I read the novel Jurassic Park maybe every day, <laughs> front to back. Uh, yeah. I can like once a day. I would read the you entire just burn novel. Burn it and then <laughs> start again. Yeah. God, childhood is so weird. Yeah. It's weird to like remember, like imagining having that much time. And the ability yeah. to be that single-mindedly <clears throat> focused. Fact two. Yeah. Uh, the the book that you're about to read from, uh-huh. uh, I received a laureate award for. Like a 
poet so, laureate? Yeah, so we had at the end of every like school a Nobel year, laureate? there would be the laureate awards, and uh-huh. everybody would go who got nominated. It was very exclusive. Wow. I think maybe Fancy. maybe two kids per class, I think, out of a class of 30. But anyway, so that's... <laughs> Crazy. That's those are the facts. So now we're going to have, maybe for the second time ever, <clears throat> a staged reading right. of, your, of your laureate award winning... It's true. <laughs> ...composition. Yeah. So this is a series of just like photographs of this material. So it opens with a title page and in printed what looks like Times New Roman, it says Jurassic Kanji. (laughs) Author's note in handwritten pencil underneath Jurassic Kanji, which I have to assume is Jurassic Park meets Jumanji. That is my- (laughs) Your assumption is correct. I'm going to infer the artist's intent here. Uh, they were they were among my influences. Helpfully, yeah. <laughs> helpfully, there is a pencil written author's note underneath that says, "Author's note: colon jur ass ick on and then the letter G," <laughs> <laughs> which all actually makes it look more like it should be pronounced Jurassic Hang. <laughs> the, the author's note. I feel muddles the issue. Anyway, so You're, we're not here for critique, yeah, Chris. Okay. Jurassic Hang. <laughs> so page one by Young Nick. Page one. There's a there's a crayon illustration of what looks like a coffee table with a board game on it, a hand like throwing a die, I believe, and then a page of instructions that I that says, uh, "Once you start, you can't stop." <laughs> Is the instructions to this game. <laughs> That's all. This is all illustrated. So the text the text reads. Sponsored by the Pringles Corporation. <laughs> the text reads, there once was a mom who worked at a museum. She had to work one day and she had two very bright kids named Chris and David. They were playing in their front yards when Chris tripped. What the? He yelled. When he looked down, he was shocked to see a box with some strange words on it. He read them out loud. Jurassic Hangi, he said. No, Jurassic Hang. Jurassic Hang, he said. Let's go inside and play it, he said to David. Okay, replied Chris. Uh, I think Chris just had a whole conversation with himself, for the record. It's okay. Uh, for the, the record, this won a laureate award. <laughs> Chris. The kids said, so you did win the entire school against all those other kids. Well, I think within my grade. I think oh, okay, yeah. okay. Within the, the one other kid? No, that was per class. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's respectable. The kids sat down at a table in their living room and opened it. It turned out to be a boring-looking game with normal dice and a normal board with a line of spaces and a jungle you had to go through. It also had a helipad for the finished space, Chris saw. Let's give it a try, said Chris. Okay, replied David. I would like to note that all, most of the commas are hand-drawn. Forgot. This is the manuscript. Yeah. yeah. Chris rolled a six. One, two, three, four, five, six, he said aloud. He landed on a space that said Velociraptors. Attack, go back three spaces. One, two, three, Chris said. But before David touched the dice, they heard a sound from the kitchen. They peeked in and looked in horror and saw three Velociraptors crashing the kitchen. <laughs> nice. And then there's a... There's I see no, where this is going. There's a, <laughs> there's a crayon illustration here. It's so bad. There's a crayon illustration of a, of a Velociraptor <laughs> oh, head like crashing through some glass or something. And then there's a word that says crash. And there's a scared kid um, holding a piece of paper that says map on it. Uh They quickly closed the door, and David suggested that they go someplace away from there. Maybe we should go to a friend and call the police, said Chris. 
They would never believe us, said David. I think we should go upstairs to our room and shut all the doors and play in the closet, Chris said. (laughs) They're still very committed to this boring-looking game, according to them. Okay, David said, and he rolled a five. He landed on a space that said T-Rex eats guide. Go back one space. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have a guide, said Chris. All of a sudden, a strange man appeared in their room, and a T-Rex stuck his head through the window and gobbled him up in one bite and stomped off. Uh... I, I like the attention to detail that Chris has to count his spaces one by one. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, but David does not. David can do that mental math. Well. Uh, so it reads, it wasn't there when they looked out the window. I think all the dinos will disappear if somebody wins, says David. But what will happen if only one of us makes it, said Chris. We'll have to find out and take a chance, said David. They heard the velociraptors getting closer every second. Did you know that velociraptors can bite through one inch of steel? Stammered David. That's just a line from the book. That's just a stupid, like, fact that one of the fucking guys in the book says. Very funny, stammered Chris. (laughs) Chris rolled and got a six. He landed on a space that said Triceratops Stampede, go back two spaces. Oh no, said David. Then they heard the bedroom door open with a bang. They peeked out the closet door and they saw three velociraptors sniffing the ground and pursuing two kids. Wait. Different kids? <laughs> then a miracle happened. A herd of Triceratops stampeded downstairs, and surprisingly, the raptors jumped down on the herd, but they missed and fell on the tile floor. All of them got injured on the leg and were motionless. <laughs> Phew-y, Chris yeah, sighed injured relief. on the leg? <laughs> yeah, close one. Close one, David said, as he close let go of one. his breath that he'd been holding since Chris hit the square. Now, practically all of the furniture downstairs was broken. Mom isn't going to be happy when she finds some dead velociraptors. Wait a minute, interrupted David. (laughs) (laughs) They aren't dead. Just then they heard a growl and snarl and the raptors stood up. Uh, Quick, roll, yelled Chris. David rolled a four, then they saw the raptors climbing the stairs and then the raptors leapt to their room. Then they attacked, but after David slammed the piece down on the board with the helipad, he had done it. The raptors disappeared. The furniture was as normal, but what about Chris? Had he disappeared too? He had to find out. He looked where his brother had been sitting, but he was gone. He looked frantically around the room, but he was nowhere to be seen. Then he heard a scream. No, it wasn't a scream. It was his mother and brother calling him. They were going out to a movie to celebrate his mom's new raise. (laughs) All was well, so he put the game back in the yard where he found it. Later they went to a movie, but on the way out, he caught a glimpse of an upright structure. Could it be a raptor? Nah, he thought. They had vanished. But then he heard a growl. Or was it? Well, maybe some other kid got Jurassic Kanji, like the people next door. I sure hope not, thought David, but at least they're not after us. The end. <laughs> a lot of twists and turns in that final paragraph. But wait, or not. Nah, or, or but. but mm-hmm. um, Oh, it's fine. It's just some other kids. Some other fucking kids. At least it's not us. <laughs> the the end. End. What a bad moral to a story. That's yeah. kind of what? the moral of Jumanji itself, though, really, right? Of like, I guess we so. got and out. The fucking Aladdin, as we discussed last no, week. No, that's true. Like, they put yeah. this terrible man inside of, a, inside of a lamp to be a shit genie who's going to be This is Robin Williams' and curse. Then, and then His they curse. Throw it. No, fucking Jafar, you said, right? Yeah, but Robin no, Williams is also in Jumanji. <laughs> was the genie and oh, he was no. the guy trapped in the Jumanji movie. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And he was trapped in jurassic <laughs> <laughs> Or however that's pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic-Hang. Jurassic-Hang. God, yeah. Author's note. D- Danky-Kang. 
Yeah, yeah. He was summoned for one second in Jurassic Hang, and then was eaten immediately. And he said, "Finally, sweet release." <laughs> Man, Nick, you have all kinds of really good documentation of your formative years. I do. It's really impressive. We need to remember to bust out more of this stuff on this podcast because you have all kinds of like. Your mother kept a journal of your yeah. childhood. Yeah, that's actually one of the more mundane examples. It just fit the that it fit that question yeah. very yeah, well. But that, you need to find some of that, that good, some of that good shit. This was actually also, I thought, very well written for an elementary school student. Given yeah, the, I can given see that it was completely derivative trash, it was to be thrown in the trash. Yes, uh, <laughs> I feel like as far as it the be actual, thrown in a dinosaur, it should be. <laughs> 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 yeah. Please see last week's episode. As, yeah, yeah. as a royal dump, <clears throat> should be dump master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the actual like construction of scenes and paragraphs and stuff was actually really good. I when I read stuff that I wrote when I was younger, uh, I'm actually really mad because it just shows that my brain is hardened and I'm a worthless piece of shit who can't mm. imagine anything and is not willing to or able to just actually. Poop, like go an, way out poop an idea out of my brain yeah. onto a piece of paper mm, yeah. and finish it because <clears throat> yep. I, I uh, actually am able to be self-critical. Yeah. You're too smart to know that your idea might be bad, but you're not actually smart enough to just have an incredible idea. Yeah, it's time. a disaster. It's, that's bad. Yeah, being an adult is terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that said, being an adult who's not a genius just kind of sucks. Yeah. But then you look back and you're like, you know what? I won an award for <laughs> Jurassic Kong. <laughs> so, you know... Yeah. So it was all downhill from there. The what does that mean? What is how is that? No, helpful? I mean like with some strong well, fundamentals, maybe your idea doesn't need to be that great. Maybe you can just combine two things that you love. Oh, you're saying you're saying other people in general are also dumb and they will give an award to something mm. called Jurassic Hang. Yes. So yeah. why even be self conscious about your yeah, ideas now? Just just I think that's fair. Just dump it out. You're yeah. gonna get that yeah. laureate Jurassic Hang award. So that's true. Yeah. Just think about that. They mm. now call that the Jurassic Hang Laureate Award in honor of Jurassic Hang. Famous, now the greatest work, work produced work by literature. that school. <laughs> yeah, what was the name of your elementary school? Bird School. Bird School. <laughs> you wrote... Appropriate. What's how, wrong with Bird School, how appropriate Chris? appropriate that you wrote a story about dinosaurs oh, at Bird School. It's true. Dinosaurs, the coolest birds of them all. I think we had an email about bird dinosaurs at some point, but I don't we remember did. what it was. Well, we it's, that they, it? it's that they, uh, oh, they bred that bird to look like a dinosaur. <laughs> That chicken That's right. Face. That chicken, there was a that crazy chicken, chicken that they that gave weird it a chicken with a smiley yeah. dinosaur face. That we're like ah. Researchers accidentally created yeah. a bird with a chicken with the face of a dinosaur. Oh yeah, it's fucking crazy looking. Yeah, it's crazy looking. Yep. Yeah. It. Uh, they just messed. They weren't even trying to. They messed with some genes and they like reasserted that bird's dinosaur dinosaur's face. heritage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's this was from this was a BBC story from a couple years ago and it said to understand how dinosaurs changed into birds a team was tampering with the molecular processes that make up a beak in chickens and they managed to create a chicken embryo with a dinosaur-like snout and palate similar to that of small feathered dinosaurs like Velociraptor. Yeah. Um yeah, this this was if you you should look for the picture of this if you look for like <clears throat> I don't know, chicken face dinosaur. I guess they were trying to or dinosaur face chicken. Bird grows face of dinosaur is what you should look at. Yeah, they were trying to Jurassic, figure out Jurassic what like what gang. beaks are and where they came from because I guess even though obviously beaks are just a common element of birds, we don't necessarily know a lot about their kind of evolutionary history and stuff. So instead, we just like 
we tried to solve it by just making a crazy like crime of nature. You know, <laughs> I was reading about this at the time. Yeah. And I found this book that was talking about this and this by guy, Alan Grant. <clears throat> this guy was saying the scientist was saying these weren't drastic modifications. Uh, they are far less weird than many breeds of chicken developed by chicken hobbyists and breeders. What is happening <laughs> with chicken hobbyists? Well, then? did you see that huge chicken that the internet flipped uh, out yeah, about? Yeah, there weeks was that ago? big fat. Yeah, actual. There dinosaur. was an enormous, yeah, yeah, an enormous like dinosaur-sized this chicken. A Muppet. It was just, just like yeah. a Fraggle Rock creation. Apparently, <laughs> this is just that is just a. N- yeah, it did look like Fraggle Rock. Uh, that was just that is a normal chicken called a Brahma chicken. That is just a totally like accepted normal breed of chicken. That it, it was like what five feet tall or something. It was crazy. It was enormous. It was pretty tall. And that apparently. Until like the 1930s was actually the dominant breed of chicken in the United States. Like that's just what people would eat. That is what those. Yes, really. Yes, yes. from from like the early 1900s or late 1800s through like 1920 or 1930. That was the the, the they most. They all the giant chickens roamed the earth. They roamed like, this country. They were developed in this country. They had dinosaur snouts. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Look it up. It's, it's they were all that big. Well, not all, but I mean that was a like the most popular variety of chicken that was sold for people to eat. Was these huge Brahma Weird. chickens? Yeah, they were they were bred in the United States and then they were exported. You to know, other it does countries. look like a Rockwell painting. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it <laughs> looks like that like classic like huge 40s, ass huge chicken. ass like cartoon chicken. God, who was it who promised a chicken in every pot? Do you think he meant that Hoover? fucking thing? I don't know. Do you think he also meant your your like your pots were going to be massive? Like <laughs> a chicken right. in every a chicken in every pot and a pot big enough for this huge chicken. <laughs> I hope so. And a shotgun in case it attacks you. <laughs> I think was, I think it was it was, it was Hoover. Yeah, in 1928. Yeah. So that was on the ta- that was on the tail end of the popularity of the Brahma chicken yep. in the United States, but it might still a have been a huge ass chicken. And a pot to match. Yeah. A, a Brahma chicken in every pot or like nine normal chickens. <laughs> in nine small in nine pots. nine small pots. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy thing. I don't understand how it works. Like, ever since I saw this, <clears throat> I, have, I have been fascinated by what it must be like to cook with the, the butchered you know, parts of that chicken. Like, or if you just make chicken breasts of that chicken, is it like having a huge T-bone steak, basically? I don't know. It's crazy. I really would like to see one of those with the genetic modifications that gives it a dinosaur face. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would actually be terrifying. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of birds out there that still look very dinosaur-like. Like, if you guys mm-hmm. have, ever oh, seen, yeah, if you've ever seen a secretary bird, it just the way no. that those ones move around and look, they're like... Tall birds that walk a lot and have huge, really powerful looking legs, and they're basically just built. If their tail was solid and they had a dinosaur face, they would just oh, man, look yeah. like a velociraptor. And they're like, they're like tall as fuck. They're like, huh. you know, they're not like taller than you, but they're big and they just walk around like a yeah. like a creature. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, dinosaurs. Yeah. So the Brahma chicken. Brahma chicken was the principal <laughs> meat breed in the United States from about the 1850s until about 1930. So that was probably what Hoover meant. He probably, meant he probably huge... wanted you to have a big ass chicken in all your hmm. pots. Yep. In every pot, not even just one. <clears throat> probably he that wanted most... every single pot in the country 
to have a huge chicken in it. Living a huge yeah, lie. Yeah, of not, not, angry. A, yeah not, not to eat. <laughs> yeah. It's, if you're wondering why you don't America's know. Brahma chickens need homes. <laughs> We're going to need to work together and put a chicken in every <laughs> pot. We're going to send you a bag of shredded paper and nest-making material <laughs> to put in that pot yeah. to ready your home for this huge fucking chicken, which scientists have accidentally given a terrifying dinosaur face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, America. Anyway, Hoover was very unpopular. Yeah, if you're wondering yeah. why Hoover did not win re-election and why we don't really remember very much about him, uh, it's because of this. It's <laughs> he started implementing this plan. Immediately in his first term, uh, which immediately led to the collapse of the Brahma chicken as a popular breed in the United and his States presidency. and his presidency. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good story with the Jurassic Comedy. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I really yeah, like thank it. You. This is apropos of absolutely nothing, but I was, I was entertained by it. So I will tell you, someone just on Twitter or on Facebook or, so, or somewhere pointed out that your iPhone categorizes all of your contents uh-huh. based on all sorts of like location and time and all the sorts of things you'd expect it to do. But it also gives you a library that's just called My Selfies, which shows you only the ones you've taken with the reverse camera. And I got really excited about that, then went into my Photos app to try to find my selfies. My phone doesn't have that, but it does uh, have a thing that tries to categorize by people, mm-hmm. by people yeah. that your phone uh-huh. has recognized. Yep. And I just really don't like stuff like that. I don't like automatic face recognition, automatic face categorization. So it kind of grossed me out that it existed. But also, I'm not really a person to take a ton of pictures at group social events. So I, I don't actually have that many pictures that have a ton of people in them. So... I was curious when I saw this thing that said faces, what would my phone actually, like, who are the important people in my life, um, according to my iPhone face recognition (laughs) algorithm? And the the people that are important to me are me. (laughs) So it's me, Uh uh, Dana, my wife. Yeah. A different version of me, which is apparently me when I'm tired. There's tons of pictures of just me with like sunken in eyes looking really right. sad. And that's yeah. like a different face. Right. Uh, Dana wearing sunglasses. Uh-huh. Sean Vanneman. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other the uh, the other important people in my life are a painting of Jay Allard, which is behind Former us. Former Microsoft executive. Yes. And sort of father of the Xbox. And a painting of Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Uh, these video game publisher yes video game publisher and a painting of me these are the three <laughs> so so tired me. all of which are all of which are literally yeah. hanging yes. yeah. hanging behind us in the <clears throat> studio where we're, where we're recording but right now if i if i click on like the picture of jay allard the photo gallery of like my memories of my friend Jay Allard are us hanging out in this studio, us hanging out in the old studio, <laughs> a couple of pictures of whiteboards from our video game in the old studio that has Jay Allard sneaking in, and us unwrapping and posing with the Jay Allard painting when we first got it. And my phone is convinced that like that is my friend. So yeah, um, I'm apparently friends with notable video game executives, comma in painted form, and then tired me, painted me. My wife and my wife wearing sunglasses. I, I I don't know where to go with that, but I really liked my lonely life as me hanging out with paintings of people to the point that my phone yeah. on the grid of nine, like three yeah. of them are are uh, are just illustrations of people that don't exist, right? Or th- with whom I will never engage socially. Mine is <laughs> not as outrageous as yours, but is notable in some ways. Mine is it has my wife, it has me, it has Jake, it has Nick, it has both of you guys have your own little pictures here. There's a couple other people who we work with, my sister-in-law and like a niece. Uh, (laughs) Then notably it has 
yawning Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park 2 The Lost World. <laughs> and it has Tommy Lee Jones from advertisements for Boss Coffee oh, in Japan. Your two best friends, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones and, and Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. So if you look at my grid, mine is actually like quite plausible compared to Jake, but then it just except, has those two spoilers two in it. Faces. Oh, it's really good. So we're obviously not people who lead healthy enough lives for this feature to, <clears throat> to be what it's intended to be, but I would argue that it is far better. God, the reason that, that Jeff Goldblum was worthy, I guess, like that my phone considered him like a notable friend is I guess because when I was on the plane to Japan, I was watching the lost world on the little TV in the seat. And I took just a shitload of pictures of it, trying to get a non-blurry shot of this so frame of like, Jurassic. Wow, he takes like, like wow, a, he hundreds of guy. pictures of this guy. He loves this yawning man. <laughs> and then Tommy Lee Jones, I just took up every time I saw another like boss coffee vending machine I took another picture of him, so I just have a whole grid of uh, of Tommy Lee Jones, some of which include me drinking a can of Boss Coffee. <laughs> With Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> With Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. So. It's good. I'm glad we're jamming the system, Chris, that we're, you yeah. know, keeping them on their toes mm-hmm. along with all the other legitimate information about our lives and loved ones that they're collecting and just filing away by category. Really weirdly, one of the first ones I clicked on Nick's picture includes... The three of us with actual, real, in-person Jeff Goldblum. But he's not yawning, so but your phone doesn't... <laughs> like my phone, your is phone... Like, it's like, oh, no, no, this is not... No, this person is not notable. Uh, what is notable is this yawning version of Jeff Goldblum. Weird. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Sorry. In the Jeff Goldblum uh, picture, the picture is the three of us with Jeff Goldblum, and I'm holding the Cold Bloom, which is a... Um, which is a foam like beer koozie, can, beer koozie like can holder that you can get from our store at store.idlethumbs.net. Nice with Jeff with Jeff Goldblum's face on it. It did not pull out Jeff Goldblum himself as a person in this photo, but it did pull out the oh, tiny man. little Jeff Goldblum. Oh my face god! On that's incredible. The Goldblum. Yeah, <laughs> iOS knows its fucking brands. Yeah, apparently. So. Uh, <laughs> So this is just a disaster slash triumph in all ways. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, should we take a break? Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Zipcar, a really convenient car sharing service that allows you to uh, reserve a car for short periods of time, anywhere from an hour to a couple days, and use it for whatever you need, your groceries, picking people up, getting a big car to put big furniture and stuff in it. Maybe you just want to drive around. Maybe you used to own a car (laughs) and you don't now and you miss driving. Or maybe you do own a car and it's like really dirty and crappy and you're like, like, what would it be nice like to be in a nice car? Just have a clean car that I could drive around for a while. I've used it to go to Ikea. That's Mm. a classic. I assume that is a classic Zipcar usage. Yeah. And if you go to joinzipcar.com slash thumbs, you'll get $25 in free driving credit. Nice. It is nice. Joinzipcar.com slash thumbs. Try a nice car for a change. Whoa. This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by Quip, electric toothbrushes that come in the mail (laughs) with brush head (laughs) refill plans every three months so you never get that pooched, puffed out brush head. You order it, it comes in the mail, 
you put it in your mouth, mm-hmm. your mouth is cleaner. Uh-huh. And because they, you get the batteries and everything you need also in the refillable, uh, in the, you know, three monthly plan, it means the actual whole design of this thing is incredibly slimline and compact. Mm-hmm. There's no like big bulky um, sort of enclosure for it or anything. It's really just small and nice, which means if you are traveling, it's, it takes up basically the same size as a normal toothbrush. Right. I just packed for the trip I'm going on last night and... I realized, man, I can just take my electric toothbrush with me. Nice. Yeah. It's so nice and thin and convenient. And it'll brush your teeth with a nice vibration. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's what you want. If you go to triquip.com slash thumbs, you will get $10 off your first brush head refill. Uh, they start at only $5, those plans. So that's already all that you need. That is triquip.com slash thumbs. And now back to the podcast. I know you've both been to London. Yes. Have either of you been to the M&M store in London? (laughs) I've walked past it and looked aghast. I've been at the one in New York City. So the one in London is is bigger. I I know this because it proudly calls itself the largest M&M retail store in the world mm. as though that's something that any human could possibly care about they put my second largest m&m store out of business what the, <laughs> where, how can mom and pop m&m stores survive now that now that i only bring it up because it is such worthless garbage that it feels like notable somehow mm. i assume the new york one is just as worthless as the oh, one yeah, in london uh, the one in london is somehow feels like it's more worthless than an American one could ever be because at least M&M's are, I assume, an American company. Yeah. You, so you find that the London one is more worthless because it's wasting space in London. It's right in the middle of London. It's got to be in, insanely prime real estate hmm. and it is four stories. It is burrows it down Italy? into the earth. Uh, if it's God, not there, it it's Covent near Covent Garden it. maybe? I forget where. Oh, I actually don't remember where it Sorry, is. I was yeah. wandering around with Aubrey... Okay. Who you know, I think. Yeah. Um, sort of vaguely drunk, so I just being <laughs> led around like whatever you know, whatever. Yeah, you were sure. And uh, it is a it is a d- disaster. It is such an example of just what a nightmare brands are. This this M and M has the store these stores. I mean, I guess they have a few of them, and they are really they double down on like the different colored M&Ms as characters, right? It's yeah. like, oh, the green one, like the red one, the blue one, the whatever, the like brown, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't remember actually all the colors of M&Ms. But the, they, there's like T-shirts where the, the, there's four M&Ms reenacting the cover of Abbey Road and like you can buy London double-decker red buses with M&M the characters mm. like waving out of them. You know, like all this shit, all this chintzy shit. Yeah. And it really feels like some large company that is just determined, determined to slam these characters and this brand into the brain of as many people as they can just by force of will. Oh, it's yeah. crazy to see. It's just fucking candy. I don't understand like what- It's not even good candy. It's fine. I mean, M&Ms are fine. If you want M&Ms, M&Ms are good. <clears throat> I'm totally fine with M&Ms. But I couldn't even, I was in the fucking like- 
palace of the, the temple to M&M's and I couldn't bring myself to eat any because I was so disgusted. Were they just like free coming out of fountains? No, they charge like you really for them. Wonka? They charge you by the pound. You can actually get stuff printed on M&M's. You can go in there and buy M&M's by the pound and write messages <clears> on them <throat> and they feed them through a printer and the printer prints Would things. they just put an S on them? I mean, they could if you paid for it. Oh, <laughs> like Skittles? Yeah. <laughs> Um, probably. I mean, I think it's a computer, so it probably, unless they have a, you know, a process to check for, right. for that flagrant brand abuse. Because the red and blue ones you could probably toss into some Skittles and you'd be well, you can green. Feed, yeah, you can, f- you feed them directly into the printer yourself. So you could, huh. you could do the, whatever colors Skittles are. Yeah. Um, the, the most egregious thing about these characters, like beyond the fact that they aren't characters, except that they're obsessed with them being characters, is that all of the, the, there's, they're, they're mainly male M&Ms, right? Which are just, they just yeah, have like- Yeah, there's the one female, There's like the one female M&M, which is green. Yeah. There's also a brown M&M, which is also a lady who's like totally oh, sidelined. Oh, yeah, like that's she, right. Which is weird. Like yeah. she just doesn't, she's like put in corner, in like certain corners of the store, but she's not, she's cool. not, she doesn't like get to be cool. Yeah, the green M&M, which is a, I guess a white lady, is part of the main crew. And she is, like, sexed up in oh, yeah. the most ridiculous way. She's got, like, thigh-high boots, and all of her poses are, like, the sort of bent knee, like, <clears throat> sort of, ooh, like, teasing thing. She's always the one who's, like, ooh, and sort of is... Be- she's clearly depicted as being sexual and That M&M is beautiful. so hot. Yeah. It's, they want you to think the M&M is hot. They definitely want that. And the other, the male M&Ms are either assholes or idiots. Like, that's just how they're portrayed. And then there's this, like, beautiful lady M&M who's sexy. And I don't understand why any of this exists and why they're spending what must be, like, hundreds of thousands of, the equivalent of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to operate this fucking place. And I also don't understand why so many people go to it. The place was packed when we were there. Maybe it nuts. I maybe it's all it. showy because they have. It's like a, it's a big facade put on because they have something to hide. Do you like re- what? Do you remember uh, in the era? <laughs> yeah, look at this. Nick just found a fucking picture of this sexy green M M&M, and M. I know, like Ugh. bathing. She's like in a tropical pool with like long eyelashes, and she's like looking at you with a suggestive gaze. It's what the fuck is the deal with this sexy M M&M? and M? Okay, well, what I, what I was thinking is probably actually not the reason that there's a giant M&M store, but it is what would happen were we to get an original Netflix series oh, God. based on the M&M's. That's going to happen. So That's definitely going to happen. In the 1980s, the M&M movie. Uh-huh. there was a tan M&M uh-huh. who was also personified on, on T-shirts and clothing and whatever else. Tan M&M got voted out by the public in a marketing campaign that introduced the blue M&M. And I I feel like if you're going to take the entire canon and lore of of the M&M-verse and figure out what could I turn that into, uh, like, you know, what's the actual story of this, assuming there is lore and continuity, these characters all somehow are complicit in the murder of that tan M&M and only the dark brown M&M lady either wants nothing to do with it or like is sort of <laughs> ostracized from the group because of it. Like it's a definite, I know what you did last summer or like Riverdale or, or Last like, House on the Left or like, any any movie or the any twi- story. Hold up. The Orient Express. Sorry, I need an update on the brown M&M. 
The brown M&M's name is Ms. Brown, and she's also white. Sorry. Okay. This is outrageous. The brown M&M has a brown... Wait a minute. Why, according to... Like, According to her fucking skin color, I forgot that M and M's. Oh. In addition to oh, they their, have, they, have flesh. they have like actual flesh that comes out of their candy portion. Doesn't it just make you want to like eat them? Doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't like, want to chop? Oh, on I would love arm? one of those M and M's. M and M's. No, no, no. A leg, drumstick. <laughs> yeah, a she's wing. also a Give white me a lady. An M and M wig. Gnaw on it. <laughs> What? Also, it dis- her official appearance is sexy, sophisticated. I like to let them melt in my mouth. <laughs> Tender. Yeah. I would like an M&M leg. Yeah, medium. God damn it. I, I just oh, want to point ter- out- It's a terrible brand. I want to point out that the official visual description of the brown M&M is that she is sexy and sophisticated. Mm. Um, I just like can't emphasize Ms. Brown. I can't emphasize enough how stupid and fucked up these characters are. Because that, how is that also not what the... There's also a picture well, of the... Well, they're all brown underneath, ah! Chris. Yeah, they are all brown underneath because here's a picture of yeah. the green M&M yeah. wearing... She's in the snow wearing like sort of fur gloves and stuff and she's taking off her own green... Like skin, candy skin, skin to reveal brown underneath. <clears throat> is is that what they're covering up? Ms. Brown, Ms. Brown is the flayed, yeah. the flayed like <laughs> remains. Ms. Brown of is green. goblin only. Oh uh, <laughs> man, Ms. Brown is the goblin of the green M M&M. and M. <laughs> oh, so wait, shed, she shed of her shed of her her. This is when that candy coating is a ghost. Yeah, this is when we get into like season three of this Netflix thing, and they've run out of continuity and introduced that there's actually a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde situation, and also one of them is a werewolf for some reason, etc. Like in any fantasy genre show, at some point someone's yep. a werewolf when you run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. God, all the promotional imagery of this is fucked up. There's a picture of the of the green M&M wearing like heeled boots over a grate in the style of like the classic Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Like and she her green skin is being like blown up by the air from the grate and it says gentlemen prefer milk chocolate. Oh. Which, like, what does that mean? What is that supposed to mean? I want to not talk As about this anymore because I, I hate it. All right, I sorry. Ha- no, I, it's fine. We <laughs> This show manages to get into things that are not actually bad, but just This is actually bad. But, yes. Okay, that's true. It just, I'm just grossed out. Yeah, it's really gross. That's how I felt walking through all four stories of the goddamn M&M As I'm sure it was like, do, 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 <laughs> with huge TV screens flashing full color M&Ms at you nonstop yeah. until your eyes yeah. just are watering. It's a disaster. It's a total Until you bled milk chocolate. Yep. Yep. Which is like the wacky parlor trick of the red M&M. <laughs> <laughs> to make you bleed? Oh, no. He bleeds. he bleeds brown. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, but you think I'm red, huh? Oh God, he's doing it! No, don't we all say we've all said? Oh God, damn it, he's God doing it! it. <laughs> <clears throat> then the green one's like, "Oh, I can do that too," and she starts ripping, ripping her off skin her skin off, off and everyone's like, "Oh, it's <laughs> oh, so <fuck>. sexy!" It's <laughs> oh, so oh, sexy! When that guy does it, it's just weird and gross. But God, when she does it, I love so it. So hot! Oh, it's so hot! As he, that guy's just like. Hits an artery and is uncontrollably blasting her with chocolate as she's which she's sexually bathing in. No, she's just in. screaming. This is oh. getting into full David Lynch. Uh, her skin is half off. Like which yeah. seemed sexy at the time, but now that everything's yeah. just getting coated wildly mm-hmm. in chocolate, mm-hmm. everyone's screaming. Uh, yeah. 
That's what happens at the M&M store. <laughs> God, this has been a terrible discussion. I really apologize for introducing it. No, it's great. I apologize to myself for being present at the M&M World store, and I apologize to everyone listening to this podcast for being taken even deeper into the bowels of horrible M&M lore. There's definitely a God, she's, there. she's got she's got a promotional image that says I'm tasty and I know it and she's blowing you a kiss. It's just horrible what's what they've done to M&Ms. <laughs> she's milk chocolate and you're only human. Says Ugh. a picture of the green M&M. Why would they do this? I don't know. Why would they do it? I don't know. All right, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to close this chapter of my life and my phone. Anybody want an M&M? I do not. I, ne- I absolutely don't. I really do. <clears throat> I love how they taste. Mm-hmm. I love the way that, you know, you sort of you just them? wink at you. Yeah, I mean, I think the characters are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to eat them right now. Well, I I don't anymore. That's strange. What did I just want? (laughs) (laughs) A a few episodes back, we talked about one of the things that was maybe one of my favorite conversations on the show, which was the bizarre fact that the Jaws ride at Universal Studios Mm. in Orlando, not Orlando, geez, in Hollywood, shares a set with Murder, She Wrote. And um, that was like episode two. That was a while ago. The Jaws ride, like even just the mention of the Jaws ride, much like the mention of Jaws itself, triggers a bunch of nostalgia in people. And we were sent... Uh, some follow-up information on the history of the Jaws ride as sort of a global phenomenon, but also a bunch of really crazy details specific to the Universal Orlando one that I was so happy to learn that I feel I feel compelled to to talk about them. Uh, so the the Jaws ride in, in Universal Studios Orlando, the one that is literally built onto the Universal. Uh, God, did I say Orlando? Sorry, you did say that. The Jaws ride in Hollywood uh-huh. is built into the actual Universal Studios backlot. Like it's right. a okay. it's a sort of historic lake set that showed up in like old westerns and all sorts of old studio pictures, and obviously also worked in. Uh, you could just use it as a New England fishing village right. for places like Murder She Wrote. So when Disney announced that they were going to expand their theme park empire to Florida with Walt Disney World, which was going to be like the bigger, more outrageous Disney theme park. What Universal Studios initially said, like Universal Studios, the movie production company was, huh, well, a lot of people go to Universal Studios as an add-on to Disneyland. Like we've sort of got a market going from that. Maybe what we should do is build a new Mm. film studio in Florida that's expressly built to be a theme park. So, mm. and they're like, uh, but then once that seed was planted, they started getting increasingly ambitious with it. They're like, you know, actually, maybe we could beat Disney to the punch and maybe we could open first. Also, maybe instead of it just being a little studio tour, because that was what it was, like, we'll build a little accessory. Like, people can just go right. on the Universal Studios tour and we could also do some East Coast film production there. And then uh, when that happened, they sort of they started getting ambitious. And uh, Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney, got really pissed off at that point and so Disney went they're what they're building like a fake film studio that's a real film studio just to leech tourists from Disney no Disney announces Walt Disney and MGM present MGM Studios a part of 
Disney World, and it will feature a tram tour that has an earthquake simulation and a stunt show where you can ride the movies. It's a functional mm. Disney backlot. Then Universal, the president, instead of giving up or being like, it's fine, just said, fuck this. The cost <laughs> of our theme park is doubled. There's no studio tour. They're all going to be rides. So the Jaws ride, this is why people who who grew up on the East Coast or have gone to the, the Tokyo Universal are very confused by the fact that the rides in the the LA one are just literally like you're in a car and it drives past a shark. They went insane. And I did not know any of this. Their Jaws ride in Universal Orlando, they're like, this shark is going to be an autonomous swimming thing that is free. It gets on a track, but it's like free of the timing of the ride. It can jump. It, you're, you're on a boat riding through a lake that is a full recreation of the fishing village from the film. The shark can swim up, bite the boat, shake it around. The boat tries to hide in a boathouse. The shark shows up and fucking rips the walls off of the boathouse to get to it. And, like, the tour guides can talk to each other. There's, like, a full <laughs> tour guide boat that just sinks in front of you. And they this ride ran for... Uh, like two months before they threw it out and literally before redid it from they scratch. They realized the Jaws was like murdering people. Yeah, they They're made like, it too real. Get Jessica Fletcher in here to they solve it, these they crimes. They made it too real. Apparently, Spielberg uh, signed on to be a creative director in name only. I think of Universal Studios Florida to lend it some credibility. Uh-huh. He went to the river, the the river cutting, the ribbon cutting of it, and then immediately got trapped on the Jaws ride for like three hours <laughs> when it broke down <laughs> due, to, due to a power. Oh outage. man, he had a three hour tour. Yeah, so. Uh, the Jaws ride was too real. Jaws destroyed his if you own die ride. On the Jaws ride, do you ride? Do you die for real? I imagine you I mean, do. Definitely because Jaws kills you. The uh, yeah, this is totally actually the structure of a great urban legend because they then actually threw this entire ride out and rebuilt a dumpy, shitty version where Jaws like, gets electrocuted and just sort of vibrates around. My my uncle uncle told me that they had to do that because <laughs> Jaws killed a guy. <laughs> he killed Steven Spielberg. Just, yeah, he killed <laughs> Steven. Yeah. <laughs> that's a replica. That's a reptilian Spielberg. That's why Spielberg's movies that's dropped why- <laughs> off after. That's why his style changed because they got a new Spielberg. After Robot Jaws killed him, and they had to create clone Robot Spielberg. Spielberg. It's weird that he started making sci-fi movies after that. Yeah, <laughs> he was so preoccupied <laughs> yeah, with robots, with and artificial not- oh. intelligence. And, yeah. <laughs> the cheaper Jaws ride is now Im- uh, immortalized permanently in Universal Florida, but even the cheap Jaws ride was too dangerous and has been replaced in Wait, Florida. Really? For yes. real? So there's a Jaws ride that was built. Wait, you just said both Florida. Your oh. you, you your brain, you seem to have been like infected by some kind of like rat memory destroyer disease that makes you forget about the existence Florida. of Hollywood. Florida. Oh no, the one that well the one that's <laughs> All locations to Jake are Florida. I just really want to go to theme parks in Florida. Yeah. Weird. I just feel compelled. I mean, I have all these memories of going to them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you never have. Universal Studios Japan, I believe, is the one that still has the mm. Florida Second Rev Jaws ride. I see. The really expensive, scary Jaws ride where he actually murdered people. Apparently, people did actually fall out of the boat into the water with and that. And were murdered. And were murdered. Oh, the Jaws in the original Jaws ride in Florida had actual shark teeth glued to its mouth. Oh, <laughs> no. So the- Oh, my God. Beautiful medieval shark teeth. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. In perfect uh, condition. Oh. I don't have any through line for this other than just the combination of this like Michael Eisner Universal Studio executive insane war coupled with Universal yeah. being like the solution is we're going to put real shark teeth on a shark and it's going to swim around and fuck up the ride and yeah. then lo and behold it <laughs> fucked up the ride and they had to close it. <laughs> that's Well, I mean that's why Disney went up them further with that actual real shark that killed all those people. Right? Yeah, that's I mean it's what happens. <laughs> Brands, am I right? <sighs> 
Yeah, that was uh, the original version of Typhoon Lagoon. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's the water park. It's a water yeah. park. It's you don't know about it because of all the murders. Because of all the murders, they, they downplayed it. it. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, shall we do some endorsements? Chris, what do you endorse? I am endorsing a television show called Review. That was. Uh, have you guys even heard of this? I had not I even not. heard of this until a few weeks ago. Which streaming service is it on? Um, or is it actually on TV? It was. It was on Comedy Central, I guess. Okay. But I watched it on Amazon. Okay. Um, I'm sure it's. On, I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. I don't know. Sure. It's. Uh, it's called Review, and it's three seasons long. Although the third season is like three episodes. I mean, the whole thing is. It ends up being about twenty episodes. Sure. In total, mm-hmm. this is such a weird, interesting outrageous show and I had never heard anyone talk about it until I just heard it you know referenced a couple weeks ago and I ended up watching the entire thing uh, the premise of this show the show itself is a show within a show so the show is is about the, the, the concept of the show called review as depicted in the show review is a guy who is a reviewer of life experiences on television. So he operates like a sort of uh, sub Siskel and Ebert kind of television film critic mm-hmm. with that very matter of fact presentational style that's sort of very imp- like um, kind of well, and this for the latest from this thing, you know, right. that kind of very canned speech. Except the thing he's reviewing is life experiences that people write into him to have reviewed on a scale of one to five. This seems like a weird like concept alt comedy from the 80s. Like This seems like a defending your life or something like that to me. Uh, like, I don't know that. Oh, okay. It, it does feel like a weird alt comedy like thing from another era it, in a way. It, it does. Yeah. It Except d- that it looks really modern because of how it's shot and everything about it looks like a modern television show. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it looks like a modern sort of faux documentary okay. show with all the trappings of the modern version of that, except that the sensibility has the thing you're describing. Um, and it's over the course of this show, the things that he has to do to fulfill these reviews just increasingly dis- just destroy his life because he commits to the concept of the show so thoroughly. And the character is such a like, um, he, he's such a sort of um, guileless, almost naive person that he just he takes all of these things to the their, their fullest extent without. God, that sounds so much like a movie that like your friend's kind of cool mom would have recommended to you that she remembered <laughs> from the 80s and was now yeah. on VHS, like buried in the back yeah. of a blockbuster and starred Albert Brooks. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it just it keeps going and going and going and becoming more and more. <clears throat> Of a of a complete disaster. It's fascinating. It's I I guess a remake of an Australian show hmm. um, of the same concept, and I have not seen that one. Um, I enjoyed this thing all the way through. It's fucking weird. Uh, it stars um, a comedian named Andy Daly, who I was not familiar with, who co-wrote it, and it also features James Urbaniak, who many people know as Doctor Venture from the Venture Brothers. He plays the producer of the show. Um, and is very good in that role as essentially this sort of almost this like horrible enabling figure who passive aggressively encourages this increasingly (coughs) self-destructive behavior. It's a weird, it's like hilarious. It's often extremely hilarious and also 
uncomfortable. So if you don't like <laughs> that kind of humor, I guess it might not be for you, but I thought it was really worthwhile. It's called Review, and I watched it on Amazon, but I'm sure you can find it on other services as well. Nice. That's me. Uh, Nick, what do you got? I'm going to endorse getting a flu shot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken this endorsement to heart yet? I, I, I did get a flu shot this year. But this is why it is so important to get one, because, because you're always be so you're basically still. It could be so much worse, and also you're you're always rolling the dice. You may as well give yourself a few less yeah faces to deal with, right? Yeah. Um, God, I have a story to tell about <clears throat> uh, something that happened to me on the way to getting a flu shot. But there's not time on this episode, so one of you guys should remind me to be continued yeah. next continue. time on Important yeah. if True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Jake, what do you got? Um. I was, you know, the last couple weeks I've been in a real positive space. I've just talked about good. things that I like. Yeah. Um, well, it is endorsements. You are promoting. I mean, just in general, not, I not feel like I've, I've just but... been, I feel, you know, very sort of up on things. And, um, and you know, I've also really been enjoying the taste of Coca-Cola. <laughs> and uh, I'm really thinking about going to Florida. And what I actually recommend is getting a... Um, cybernetic memory enhancement planted into your brain. It really sort of takes a load <laughs> off of your mind and it doesn't yeah. seem to have any other adverse effects on your sort of tastes or interests, but really just sort of life seems a little easier. All right. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well on that, thanks for listening to this week's important. If true, if you enjoy this podcast, consider telling a friend, uh, that is really the main way we have to spread the word about this podcast. And if you have any questions for us about anything going on in your life when you think our perspective would be helpful, send it to questions at importantiftrue.com. Uh, any weird stuff you've been observing, also welcome. Please send weird things you've been observing. Uh, all of our shows and products are available at coca-cola.com. <laughs> Actually, man, do you remember in the early days of the web when someone owned coca-cola.com and that was a big deal? I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, that ended up leading to sort of like, is your ownership of a domain name protected or can a company just scoop right. it from you? And that right. ended up <laughs> going to court, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. Sorry. Actually, importantiftrue.com is the domain name of this uh, podcast. It is. We were shocked that that was available, And it is the honestly. domain name of our brand. We own it. You can't get it. Yeah. That's true. Another thing we could, yeah, until we we could we forget not to get pay. was that Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, so uh, our Twitter handle... Jurassic Hanji is. You can find us on the Jurassic Hanji social network. Our Twitter is important cast. That's it. That's it. Our, as I said, our email address is questions at important if true.com. Tell a friend if you like it, and we will be back next week for Idle Thumbs. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. I wish that we lived in the universe where you didn't say stay spicy. What are you going to do? I'm just going to make you forget that that's a thing I say every week.